When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. About to get gnarly with Chris Carlin right here on Canty and Carlin, but I'm Gabe Neitzel. She's Michelle Smallman filling in for the guys today on Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM Channel 80. As we've been noting all day, it is National Get Gnarly Day. <laughs> so you're, you're a pretty gnarly dude, right? Like that's that's a way you would describe yourself to people, right? I, like, I, oh, I'm, I'm Chris Carlin, I'm gnarly, right? I, would, I don't even technically know what it is. Like I went to kind of a... You know, I guess you'd call it like a crunchy somewhat college in, in upstate New York, Hobart College, where basically you could tell it was winter if people wore socks with their Birkenstocks, right? <laughs> so, I mean, gnarly, I think, hacky sack, I think. Now, there's a lot of things, I think, but <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't describe myself as gnarly, but whatever, we can all change. All right, Chris, so I looked it up, and it says, for National Get Gnarly Day, it's a day that they want to encourage everyone celebrating it to push their boundaries. So what's something you could do today to push your own boundaries? Oh, man. I've already done a lot today to push my own boundaries. Uh, I think getting up every day is pushing my own boundaries. (laughs) There you go. Yeah, that's what I aim for every day. You've, you've you've set you've you've set the bar low, but hey, that's that's hey, part oh, well, of listen, you know. Now you're gnarly. Now, that now has you can been describe the yourself key as to my career. <laughs> Setting the bar low has been the absolute key. <laughs> Chris Carlin, host of Canty <laughs> Carlin, right here on ESPN Radio, joining us on Canty and Carlin. Uh, so the Bengals are saying Joe Burrow is likely out several weeks due to his calf injury. Here's Zach Taylor, Bengals head coach. Let's hear what he had to say after practice today about his stud quarterback. I'll start with Joe. Um, calf strain. It'll take several weeks, and, and that's the information we got right now. Several weeks taken into the regular season, potentially. Several weeks to several weeks. How much? Great. Time, how much time with Joe at camp practice would he need to be ready for you? Joe got more days this July than he's ever had in the NFL, and so I feel really good about the the progress we made during those July practices with Joe. And uh, when he's able to get back, we'll, we'll be able to get the work and we need. Zach, Joe had the compression sleeve on yesterday. Did he mention to you anything about feeling? He, he's always, these guys are always in great dialogue with the trainers and doing all those things that they can be to be precautionary. But I, I thought he looked great out there yesterday moving around. So Zach Taylor being about as vague as he can be with the several weeks pressed on an actual timeline. He stuck to several weeks. Does several weeks to you, Carlin, feel like it could leak into the regular season? It does. It absolutely does. I I think several to me uh, is at least more than three. Um, So I wouldn't be shocked by it. You know, talking to Chris about it this morning uh, when we were filling in for Greeny, he dealt with a calf injury and he missed seven games. And the reason was there were, you know, there were some complications with it, but it's not anything to be trifled with. And a grade three strain is technically a tear. So they're not going to tell you what the grade is or anything like that. When I hear several weeks, that makes me think we're talking four or five weeks uh, before he can get back. And then is he going to 
be dealing with it all season long. Now, players deal with all kinds of injuries uh, throughout the course of a season, but um, if you're the Bengals at this point, you are not screwing around. There is no need to rush him back whatsoever. And I thought Mike Tannenbaum made a great point this morning. There's no need to put him back on the field and allow him back on the field uh, until you sign him to a contract extension. And uh, that just kind of is one more way of showing how much you care and how important you are to them. And if you're Joe Burrow or his team, Chris Carlin, are you even wanting to step foot on the field until the ink is dry on that deal? Because after Justin Herbert signed his record five-year, $262.5 million extension, you know that you're next up. You know you're going to command more than that. If you're Joe Burrow, do you even go out there without the new deal? Absolutely not. No chance. And we were talking about this this morning. This this bugs me with the NFL in particular. I, uh, in the NFL, am... Virtually 99% of the time siding with the player when they decide to hold out because of the lack of guaranteed money. So we just went through what we went through with Deshaun Watson over the last several months in relation to other quarterbacks and who else might get all guaranteed money in a contract. And nobody has. The owners win that. So if that's the case, the player has to weaponize what they have when they can. And that's withholding services, especially when you're still on a rookie deal. You know, they there was a big deal made about how you could get fined for holding out. But if you're on a rookie deal, those fines can get forgiven by the team. So uh, absolutely not. It's, it's not that he would hold out at this point, but it's, no, I'm not getting on the field at all until my contract is done. There is too much on the line. Absolutely not. Chris Carlin, host of Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, joining us on Canty and Carlin. Gabe Neitzel, Michelle Smallman, filling in for the guys today. ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. And while I agree with you, Carlin, that if you're the Bengals, you don't want to rush him back, right? That There's just no reason to rush him back because you then don't have the setback and all those sort of things. But as stacked as the AFC is, the more time he misses, the smaller your margin of error gets, correct? Especially because yeah. I think the, the Ravens are going to be better this year. I like what Baltimore has done in that division. But listen, I, I don't think there's any question. The AFC is a gauntlet that any team is going to have to run, and they start the season going to Cleveland and then Baltimore at home. So it's it's no picnic to start the year. Uh, if you're without Burrow, you are straight up looking at 0-2 at that point. It does soften up a bit after that. So I'm not in as much of a hurry if I am them. If, if he's going to miss a couple of games, great. It doesn't feel like when we hear several weeks, I mean, we are still in July. Um, I, I think we're looking at, when I hear several weeks, I'm thinking a game or two into the regular season at the absolute most. I think most likely it's ready for the regular season. And as long as he's going to be at a level where he can play and it's not going to be a big issue for him, I'm not going to mess around. Absolutely, I'm going to get him back on the field as soon as I can, but I'm just not going to be stupid about it. And when I look after those first two weeks, I've got the Rams at home, I'm at Tennessee. I'm at Arizona. Even if I started 0-2, I can get back on the beam pretty quickly there because the Bengals are a talented enough team to be able to win those three games without Joe Burrow. 
Chris, one of the other big headlines coming out of the NFL were the pretty pointed comments that Broncos head coach Sean Payton made about Nathaniel Hackett's job, his 15-game stint with the Broncos last year, and what the Jets are doing this season. He said that Nathaniel Hackett's tenure with the Broncos was one of the worst coaching jobs in the history of the NFL and that there were 20 dirty hands uh, around Russell Wilson's career worst season. He has since come out and walked those comments back a bit. Here's what he had to say in his press conference about those comments he made to USA Today. I had one of those moments where I still had my Fox hat on and not my coaching hat on. You know, I said this to the team in the meeting yesterday. We've had a great offseason relative to that, you know, and I've been preaching that message. And here I am, the veteran, you know, stepping in it. It was it was a learning experience for me. It was a mistake. Obviously, I needed a little bit more filter. There's a pound of flesh for these guys. And and as a coach, you stick up for them. And after a while, we're past that season last year. And, you know, I said what I said. And obviously, I needed it a little bit more restraint and uh, I regret that Chris do you think he needed to walk those comments back um it's not that he needed to walk them back he he probably just needed to clarify that as a coach he shouldn't be saying that about another coach publicly uh first of all let's be clear when he says he still had his fox hat on he never said anything this interesting when he was on fox (laughs) not once Absolutely not. Um, And that was because he wanted to get back into coaching. I I think when it comes to this, this uh, at first I was kind of annoyed at the notion that one coach would say that about another just because there is supposed to be that code amongst them. They know how difficult the job is. But if this is all about protecting Russell Wilson publicly and that's what Russ needed to get pumped up, with the fragility of the confidence of professional athletes, Chris was kind of detailing this uh, this morning, then I understand it some more. that The fact that he would say that publicly, that you know this coach really did them no favors at all last season, uh, and not just saying that to them privately, but publicly as well, that's got some teeth to it. You know, Diana Rossini texted me after the show yesterday. She had been on with us, and we had been talking about these comments. And she had texted with Sean saying he was, basically he was standing up for his players, that they deserve better the year previous. So publicly he's going to do it just because you're expected to do it. But I I don't know that he fully regrets it if – this is truly going to help Russell Wilson gain some of his confidence back after an atrocious season. Oh, I don't think he regrets anything he said. He's just he regrets he said it out loud. Yeah, like everything everything he said he, st- well, he said like it. He it's backed. filter, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I said what I said. Yeah, it's filter. He I, I but he may not even regret that. He he may not even truly regret that if putting it on blast really does make a statement to his quarterback. Talking with Chris Carlin, host of Canty and Carlin, right here on ESPN Radio. It's the name of this show, but filling in for him and Canty today. It's me, Gabe Nigel, along with Michelle Smallman. I I think he's put a little bit more pressure on Russell Wilson, has he not? Because the last year in in Seattle wasn't great for Russ. They they missed the playoffs, and then they go and make the playoffs with Geno Smith. They have the year they had last year. While he, it seemed like he was trying to stick up for his guy, isn't there part of it that also maybe he put a little bit more pressure on Russell Wilson because, well, hey, now I'm Sean Payton. I'm here. No more excuses for the quarterback. It's there. It's not possible to put any more pressure than there is on Russell Wilson at this point. Um, 
being there, and I understand what you're saying with it. I just look at it from the standpoint that this was a, a god-awful season in every way for him, and he had been handed the contract that he was, and they had given everything up that they did. Uh, if there's not already uh, the level of pressure that is virtually insurmountable for, for Russ, then I don't think Sean Payton was, was adding to it. Um, I just think if it, like I said, you know, this is a thing where personally I would have thought, you know, sitting him down or saying it in front of the team, like, hey, I watched the tapes of what happened last year. I know I talked to people around here. This is not your fault. And, you know, if he if he does that, that I would think would be enough. But whatever it is he has to do to help his guy, he, he truly did it out of thinking that he was helping his guy. I don't know that it was full. Here's the thing. Sean Payton's just been around so long, and he described the writer as a friend. Does anybody think that he really didn't know what he was doing? No, he knew what he was doing. I, I think he knew what he was doing. I don't think that was an accident, and he didn't claim it was an off-the-record conversation. He stood there by what he said. I just think it was, hey, sorry, Nathaniel, that you were basically uh, taking on some shrapnel there. And look, we were all destroying Hackett during the season anyway. That was nothing he hadn't heard while he had the job, for Pete's sake. Very, very true. Okay, so you said it could be a potentially insurmountable amount of pressure on Russell Wilson. Let's talk about both the quarterbacks at the center of this beef. Who has more pressure on them then, Chris Carlin? Is it Russell Wilson or is it Aaron Rodgers? I think more pressure is Russell Wilson. And that's just because everything that was involved with it last year. Rodgers comes over to a situation where if they make the playoffs... Um, and they're a really good team right now on paper. If they make the playoffs, he's more than done his job for year one. But I, I think the pressure level on Rodgers is not quite as high uh, because the Jets are doing everything uh, they can to help him. He has helped them out. He has built so much goodwill already walking in the door with this team and with the fan base. Uh, there's pressure, but there's not just a ridiculous level for Russ. like this is it right i i personally believe that by week 10 or 11 we're going to be talking about the future of russell wilson not being in denver and i think you're going to start to hear those kind of whispers because i i just don't know he's the, i described him this way yesterday he's the ai quarterback he is he is like if chat gpt spit out a quarterback it would be russell wilson at this point, with the way he speaks, with the way he handles himself with his teammates. You know, tell me Chat GPT didn't actually write Broncos Nation, let's ride. Tell me that. <laughs> of, of course he's running he, fake uh, two minute drills while he was hurt. That's that's one of my favorite Russell Wilson best you know, uh, greatest hits for like him. It, it, it could just be one of those it could honestly be like if there was a a, a a football exhibit at Epcot, he would be the robotic quarterback there. <laughs> So part of this whole Sean Payton thing, he also takes a shot at the Jets saying that they're the ones getting all the hype like the Broncos were last year, and that was a bad thing for the Broncos, and just watch. Watch Hard Knocks. This this whole thing's going to blow up in the Jets' face. Is all this hype that the Jets have going into the season a good or a bad thing? Uh, Listen, first of all, I, I do think he's wrong because the Jets clearly had no interest in doing 
hard knocks. I mean, they were they have to ch- they had to shove down their throats. They didn't want to do it. I don't think the Jets are running around patting themselves on the back like is being portrayed. I don't think that's happening. They went out, they got a big time quarterback, and they have not had that. I mean, in in forty years, roughly. I mean, when was the last time you could honestly say they had a big time quarterback in the midst of his prime? So I, I think that's a little overblown, but I do think that it absolutely could blow up on the Jets because it's not just about them; it's more about the fact that they. Um, we've seen these kind of teams before where it has an amazing offseason and it completely falls apart and doesn't work out like that. Like, from that standpoint, Peyton is right. Like, that's happened before. And that could easily happen here. Um, I, I do think we all tend to ignore one thing, and that is that Aaron Rodgers did not play great football last year. He was a little bit banged up. Gabe, you can speak to this better than me, but not everybody's Tom Brady. Bro, not everybody's playing until they're 45. And it could just be that Aaron Rodgers is turning 40. And he may not play at the same level anymore. I don't know where the balance was between injury and how he played last season. And I know all about the young receivers, but he could have remedied that by showing up at OTAs. Yeah, he could have remedied that, but he didn't. And I think that he has regretted that. That's why he showed up to to OTAs this year for the Jets. I think the thumb did play a factor last year, but I also think playing a factor this year are people like Sean Payton wanting to throw, you know, some shade at Aaron Rodgers, and he is going to take that. This is a dude that has always played well when people slight him because he's going to take that, turn it into motivation, and then it turns into great results on the football field, at least during the regular season. I am a large proponent of spite. I really am. I think I think Spite is just so underrated. Um, I don't know that I would ever shell out uh, $35 million for Spite, uh, as he did the other day. Um, but, yeah, listen, I if he's going to play at that level, I don't care what it is that, that drives him at this point. I do have a question for you, though, Gabe, because I was Ooh. talking about this yesterday. Mm-hmm. If I'm in Green Bay right now, if I'm a fan, if I'm the Packers, I am feeling a certain way about this. Like, Wait oh, a second. That there You're are doing all this, yep. and you wouldn't, and you're committing to play two years too, mm-hmm. which is why Devonte Adams wouldn't stay. What, what am I missing here? Yeah, no, you're not missing anything because there are a lot of people in this fine state of Wisconsin that certainly feel that way. And while because he did, and, and people like Andrew Brandt on Twitter have pointed out, well, Rodgers did kind of restructure his contract at times. Well, yeah, but he didn't get any money back. He just pushed money into the future, and now the Packers have a forty million dollar cap hit because of a lot of that money they've pushed into the future of his contracts over the years. Right. He never just straight up gave back thirty five million dollars. Like well, that now is let's, something. Let's be clear: the different. Packers, the Packers paid him the most money in the history of the NFL. Yes. For $305 million, and they took that cap hit in the trade. So, yeah, listen, restructure and redo, like he took a full-on pay cut here. Yes. Restructure is, let's sign, let's write a check to you right now. Oh, okay, yeah, I'll do that. That's fine. Yeah, I'd I'd be annoyed if I were a Packer fan. Oh, yes, we 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 are. I mean, we try not to be because we want to focus on Jordan Love and make it all good. But no, there are a lot of people that are very very annoyed uh, in the state of Wisconsin. Certainly, it is National Water Park Day. What are your thoughts on water parks? Because Michelle, not not a big fan. Yeah, I, I would say that when I was a kid, I loved it, but the first time 
I saw a Band-Aid in the pool. Oh. I'm out. I'm out. And that happened. Like, I used to love going to this one water slide when I was a kid. And I, at, I probably was 12 the last time I went. And at the bottom of the pool, uh, as, as you, you know, slide down into it, mm. there's a floating Band-Aid. Nope. We're done. I'm out. I'm out. See you later. It, it does. I mean... Does a shower even cover it after a water park at this point? I don't know. Ooh, that is a horrific image, Chris yeah. Carlin. Of I, I, I'm bag. sorry to give that to you. I, I didn't <laughs> mean to. But I, we were we were talking about other things that you know that people do in the pool. <laughs> band aid. The band aid was not one that even crossed our mind when we discussed this. Earlier. Yeah, I would feel like if I got out of the water at a water park, I'd have to be deloused. Like. <laughs> With that, yes, we appreciate the time. Chris, On that note, weekend. have an awesome weekend, everybody. <laughs> Chris Carlin, host of this very fine show, was on Greeny earlier today right here on ESPN Radio. She's Mich- uh, Michelle Smallman. I'm Gabe Knight. So coming up next, which quarterback is closest to being the next superstar in the NFL? We discuss right here on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Justin Herbert, he has gotten paid a landmark five-year, $262.5 million extension that ties him to the Chargers through the 2029 season. The Chargers have been penciling the numbers. They knew it was going to be a big number, and they prepared for it from their side and from Justin Herbert's side. He just wanted a deal done. He just wanted to go out there and play football. The Chargers also came to the table with a deal that was north of everybody else and made it pretty easy for them to say, all right, let's go to training camp. 
One quarterback got paid this week. Another quarterback may not be far behind. And I think we're in some pretty good spot, if you're an NFL fan, with some young quarterbacks who are on the cusp of superstardom. We talk about those players right now on Canty and Carlin. ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM, Channel 80, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm Gabe Neitzel, along with Michelle Smallman, in for the guys today. And, of course, we have a lot of young quarterbacks who have accomplished some great things. At the top of the list, Patrick Mahomes and the Super Bowls, never playing a playoff game on the road, which is still just absolutely outrageous and ridiculous to me at this point in his career. Uh, We've seen Joe Burrow, who has gone to -to back-to-back AFC Championship games, has gone to a Super Bowl already. But as you take a look at the NFL landscape right now, Michelle, who would you say is the quarterback who's closest to being the next superstar in the NFL? Well, I guess it depends on how you define superstar, Gabe. Is a superstar a guy that I think is competing for a Super Bowl every year? Is it a guy who's a top five quarterback? Is it a guy who we are talking about all the time? How would you define superstar? Because there there are names that I have on the list that don't necessarily fit all three of those categories. I would say, you got to hit it. If you're a superstar, you're hitting at least two out of those three categories. Um, but someone I would kind of throw out there before everything happened and then he ended up getting traded to Cleveland, Deshaun Watson was kind of probably hit two of the three categories in terms of how good he was playing and he was being talked about as being a top five quarterback. Certainly that's not the case anymore with him. But I, I would, you know, you're in that discussion of being a top five quarterback. Um, okay. You know, and, and if you're a top five quarterback, chances are the expectations for your team are going to be. AFC or NFC championship game or a Super Bowl? So I would say then that the obvious answer is Trevor Lawrence. He's only 23 years old after Urban Meyer. That, or what are we going to call it? Experiment? Failed experiment? Disaster? In Jackson, disaster in Jacksonville. Doug Peterson. You're being way too nice. I don't understand I why you're trying to tiptoe around the failed experiment that was Urban Meyer in you know Jacksonville in the NFL. I'm day two Sean Payton, not day one Sean Payton. You know what I mean? I don't want to have to walk it back, even though there's no walking back. It was terrible. It was an outright disaster. But Doug Peterson is a championship coach. He knows how to win. He had a relationship with Dabo Swinney, and he knew Trevor Lawrence. They spent a lot of time together in the offseason, and clearly it was the right move to bring him in. He had an amazing bounce-back year. 4,113 yards, 25 touchdowns. He led Jacksonville to their first playoff berth since 2017. I mean, I could continue going with the numbers. He ranked third in completions of longer than 20 yards, 78.6 QBR. This is a guy who won in college. We knew that he was going to be a star in the NFL, or at least we hoped so. We put him in the same conversations as a Peyton Manning or an Andrew Luck. He has the potential to be a once-in-a-generation type guy. And now that he's paired with a coach who gets it and a coach who can put him in a position to succeed, I think the the arrow is only going to continue pointing up for Trevor Lawrence. It seemed that it took about a half year to kind of erase all of the bad things that Urban Meyer did to Jacksonville in his one year there. But over the last nine games, to add to some of those crazy statistics for Trevor Lawrence. He completed almost 70% of his passes, 15 touchdowns, just two picks Mm. over the final nine games. So something clearly clicked in that relationship. And I am really excited to see what those two can, can continue to do building together something down there in Jacksonville. What about somebody like Justin Fields? Because I'm up here in Wisconsin. I'm a Packers Mm -hmm. fan. And I'm a little bit scared. Like, this is just me and you, so nobody else can hear this. this, No, we're in the trust tree. I feel feel I could get 
kicked out of Packer Nation for admitting what I'm about to admit. Okay, okay. Secret safe. I feel like the Bears are making right moves for the first time in what seems like forever. It's like they actually have a plan. <laughs> They're trying to like give their young quarterback a chance. And it scares me as a Packers fan yeah. that Justin Fields could actually be a really good young quarterback. And I-, I loved what he did at Ohio State. I thought he made as much progress as he possibly could because they didn't really surround him with weapons at the beginning of last year. But now what they've done in terms of, you know, they had a bunch of money in free uh, to spend in free agency. They got some additional draft capital because they traded away the number one overall pick. They've got some weapons in place for Justin Fields this upcoming year. And I'm really curious to see what he can do as he continues to grow. He's in the conversation for sure as that next big potential superstar quarterback. Is there a quarterback out there that makes more electric plays? Well, outside of obviously the Patrick Mahomes of the world, but in in this category that we're talking about, nobody makes electric plays like Justin Fields. He is primed to be a superstar. We know what he can do with his legs. He had three games with at least 100 rushing yards, four more with at least 80 last year. They go out, they get him a proven wide receiver in DJ Moore. They, they're hoping that he can take that next step in the passing game. I'm with you. I think Chicago is making the right moves for the first time in a long time. This is not the Rex Grossman era anymore, Gabe. We are no. we are in a different I miss, time. I miss in the Chicago. Rex Grossman era. I love the Rex Grossman era. He of would turn the do. ball over all the time. It was fantastic. Sexy Rexy is no longer. <laughs> it, is, it is Fields' time in Chicago. But I definitely think that he's a guy that we'll be talking about for a long time. Are we giving up on Kyler Murray? Because yes. he was certainly on that track. When I mean, a couple of years ago, the the Cardinals were six, seven, and zero. They started off the season so hot, and it looks like looked like Kyler Murray was going to be the next best thing in the NFL. Are we giving up on him too soon, or have we given him enough time? I say yes, and it's not because I don't think he's talented, but gave the best avail- ability is availability, availability. And Kyler Murray has shown that he is not exactly a durable quarterback, and with. Arizona in a precarious position, they could they could be in the Caleb Williams running here. And yeah. I just don't know what the runway looks like for Kyler Murray or what his future is going to hold. But if I'm Arizona and I have that opportunity, I'm going to take it because I don't know if Kyler Murray is going to be able to stay healthy. It, well, that and it's really hard to shake the reputation once it's put out there and presumably leaked by your own team, that maybe you're not the hardest worker and they had to put provisions in your contract to make sure you were putting in the work that they deemed necessary off the field. Right. Like that's, that's just a tough reputation to shake. Like whether or not any of that ended up being true, it was put out there and was big enough of a story that everybody who follows the NFL was aware of it. Yeah. If you, have to put an independent study clause in your contract, even though they walked it back, that tells me something. That tells me something about how they view his preparation. And if I'm another team, that certainly scares me. There's another team that has a young quarterback. Are we going to see him on the field this year? That's Will Levis with the Titans ESPN Radio's NFL Two-A-Days continues as we talk about the Tennessee Titans next. A Canty and Carlin ESPN Radio, ESPN App Series 6M Channel 80. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. 
Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Hey, let's go do our job, man. NFL Nation 2 a Time is here! On ESPN Radio. The Tennessee Titans. Blue 58! This is Teron Davenport covering the Titans. DeAndre Hopkins is a big story for Titans training camp. They were able to add the veteran just before things kicked off, and now what was previously an unproven group of receivers looks a lot more formidable. Ryan Tannehill will have Traylon Burks and Hopkins on the outside, Kyle Phillips in the slot, and tight end Chiga Campo, among other looks. It's really going to come down to how quickly Tannehill and Hopkins are able to develop that chemistry. So practice time will be critical. Joint practices with the Vikings as well as the Patriots will give them opportunities to do that. And don't forget, Hopkins played under offensive coordinator Tim Kelly in 2019 with the Texans and caught 104 passes. He's going to need to get the terminology down, but he should be able to hit the ground running. Countdown to kickoff with NFL Nation 2 days on ESPN Radio. Focusing on the Titans, ESPN Radio, NFL Two Days here on Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM Channel 80, Gabe Neitzel, Michelle Smallman in for the guys today. And the Titans, a team that got off to a really good start last year, Michelle. They were 7-3, riding high. <laughs> then they lost their final seven games to finish 7-10. and It allowed the Jacksonville Jaguars to catch them, and then the Jags ended up going on to win a playoff game. Tennessee trying to regroup. They end up drafting Will Levis, who Mel Kuyper Jr. was so incredibly high on all draft season long right here on ESPN Radio. But Ryan Tannehill still appears to be the starter, and then they go out and get DeAndre Hopkins. Another team in a division that doesn't look too formidable, doesn't look too deep uh, outside of a young Jacksonville team that could be ascending. What does success look like for the Tennessee Titans in 2023? That is such an interesting question because they are in a division where they could make some noise. They should be better. But do you really see them as that as that much of a, a threat as a team that could really go out there and make some noise? Because I don't. I think they're just going to be good, not great. I think they're going to be good, not great. And I don't know if that's what they're hoping to be. So I don't really know <laughs> where the, where that determination lies, where I, I think the success lies. Because obviously bringing in DeAndre Hopkins is going to boost their chances, right? Like this was a, a receiving group that was not great. They were 30th in the NFL last year. DeAndre Hopkins boosts their chances immediately. But I don't know how much I believe in this offense outside of him. Of course, Derrick Henry is still a staple, but Ryan Tannehill, where's your where's your confidence level with Ryan Tannehill? We don't even know how long we're going to see him. When, when are we going to see Will Levis? There's just so many questions around this team and even on the defensive side of the ball. This was a top 15 defense for what? Three years, four years running, and they took a dip last year. Will we see them return to form? Because that was always a calling card of a Mike, of a Mike Vrabel team. You knew that they were going to be prepared and they were going to be tough defensively. I think that they'll steal a couple of games somewhere on their schedule that 
you write them off on because I think Mike Vrabel's that good of a coach. But I don't, I'm, I'm not ready to say that this is going to be a team that's hanging around there and we get to you know week 17, 18, and this is a team that's going to be competing for that final wild card spot in the mm-hmm. AFC. It's just too deep, and I, I don't have the trust in Ryan Tannehill. I think it's very obvious they don't have the trust in Ryan Tannehill, which is why they go out and draft some like Will Levis, hope that maybe he can sit there and develop for a year before they put him in there as the starter after Ryan Tannehill's done this year. Do you think we see Will Levis this season? I do. I do. I don't think it it won't be until the back nine of the season, but I think we're going to see him at some point because if they're not in contention for a playoff spot, which I don't know if they will be, don't you think that that's the time to throw him out there, get his feet wet, see what you got in him, give give him a little taste, a little cup of coffee at the NFL level? Yeah, absolutely. It- What's going on in Green Bay with Jordan Love in the way that he sat for three years, like that just doesn't happen. You you take a young quarterback, you want to throw him in there at some point to see what they have because you you only have you know for Will Levis he wasn't a first round pick, so you only have four years to, in order to make this decision. So if you more or less redshirt him this year, that's going to be less data points for you to try to figure out if this guy's actually your quarterback of the future. And then you would have to pay him after the three years. You don't want to get yourself in a situation like the Giants and go and panic a little bit and go, oh, we have to give Danny Jones all of this money. So I, I would not be shocked to see him in the back part of this, the, the season as well. What would you say is the biggest concern facing the Titans this year? Well, it was the receiving core and the yep. playmakers, but adding DeAndre Hopkins helps, helps that. I still think it might be the quarterback position and the offensive line. There's just so many questions about which quarterback we're going to see for how long. And they had some issues on the offensive line last year. So I'm definitely going to put that in the concern column for me. Yeah. And I mean, if Will Levis isn't ready and Ryan Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill gets hurt, very obvious that this coaching staff does not believe in Malik Willis. The mm-hmm. way that the season played out last year and the way that they tried to play him that ultimately did not play him. So that quarterback position is just a big question mark with two young quarterbacks and an aging Ryan Tannehill. That certainly, to me, I agree with you. I think that's the one thing that's really going to keep the Titans back, especially in a division with a team that I believe is on the rise in the Jacksonville Jaguars. I just don't think that the Titans have what it takes to compete with Jacksonville and end up being the champions of the AFC. South. Continuing here on Canty and Carlin, she's Michelle Smallman. I'm Gabe Neidsel, filling in for the guys today. And coming up next, can Joe Cool's injury heat up contract talks in Cincinnati? We dive into that right here on Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. ESPN. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.